Welcome to Amateur All Tours, the podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a movie. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me is my brother, Brian, and we would like to welcome you to Amateur All Tours. Alright, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike, and once again, we have Chris joining us to uh, discuss his recommendation, uh, and as we were mentioning the other show, uh, Nightcrawler is our episode this week and i'm actually really glad that you recommended this when we were on the when we were on the phone together like setting this up and i talked to you about this and and uh, you were thinking about it and you said nightcrawler i was like wow that's awesome because i think nightcrawler has been on our list like because we have up to like episode like 65 planned out and nightcrawler is in there some way so it's actually it's it's great that you you brought up Nightcrawler because it was on our radar and it's definitely something that my experience with with uh, Nightcrawler like when I first seen it as a freshman in college um, I was able to go to Sicily for a week through my school and this was like the flight there there it's like seven hours and then back is nine so <laughs> I was like all right uh, looks like I'm watching like just any movie that I can I think I watched like eight movies or something and Nightcrawler was the first film that I watched and I and honestly like and before that I had heard about it and I knew nothing about it I honestly thought it was about the X-Men uh blue guy that's in X2 and I was like Jake Gyllenhaal playing like uh like a superhero like I knew he was supposed to be Spider-Man at one point or he wanted to be but I'm like oh this is kind of interesting like uh like an origin for Nightcrawler and then I was on the phone with my buddy when I said that he's like no dude this is nothing like that this is a uh like a really gritty like dark tale about like a seedy journalist I'm like oh okay so then I and then I watched it and I was like completely blown away and we'll get into why so Chris why did you want to talk about Nightcrawler so this was a huge influence on um, Tether just by the tone of this movie. Like, I love, I mean, first of all, the story is so interesting how it's so it's so unique. Like, I didn't even know this was a thing for, like, news journalists to go around and, and find these, like, weird situations going on um, or, like, really violent things or gory things going on and then filming them for the local news. Like, I guess I just never put two and two together. Um and the the director Dan Gilroy actually like rode around with real nightcrawlers yeah for when he's doing research for the film which is so cool um, so I assume that he took a lot of this stuff from um, you know real life things that were actually happening which is so cool um, but like I just love everything about this movie for for people who I've talked to mostly they either love it or they hate it and I absolutely loved it I just I think it was just like a home run. I'm surprised people hate it, but then again, uh, I've talked with people that absolutely despise Birdman, and I'm like, okay, so I can see, like, there's, no matter how great a film is, people are gonna dislike it, someone will dislike it, but yeah, this film, like, I don't know, and I, I was watching it again yesterday, and it's even, it's even better, because when I watched it, I was on, like, a little, like, TV screen on, like, the back of a plane, and Yesterday I watched it on like a smart TV, so like everything was even like better, and 
Yeah, and it's it, and I never put two to two together when I first saw this. I was like, oh, okay, I guess people actually do this. And I actually watched like behind the features of the DVD that I have, where they're like, yeah, like Jake Gyllenhaal went behind and like the director they went with actual uh like these night crawlers and and uh, they're like, okay, well the film doesn't exact like we don't do that. Like we would never move a body and things like that. Which, but like these things happen, and and I guess I mean that is interesting and. And I think that that the film, I, what I really love about this is media like sensationalizing, and I think especially in like the modern, like our modern times, like especially like the two thousands to now, like media sensationalizing is like huge. It's everything, like video games, films, uh, especially like any visual media. I mean, even actually no, any media, because then it's like. I keep thinking of Marilyn Manson, and they keep trying to, like, they're blaming him about Columbine, and there's always sensationalizing is going on, and I think what's even interesting is, like, I kind of relate to the, or, like, I, the sensationalizing really has hit home, because, uh, like, this summer, I worked in uh, an outpatient, um, physical therapy gym, and it was in, it was out, it was, like, in Trenton, but not in Trenton, it was outside of the uh, like, the really bad areas, but it was also right next to the areas of, uh, it was right next to the regional hospital, where, like, a lot of trauma people went, and I saw a lot of people that, like, a lot of trauma patients, like, gunshot wound victims, and, and I was watching the news, and it was a lot of, and I would actually listen to the stories of some of these guys of, I mean, yeah, there were obviously, like, some gang activity, like, they were gang members. But then there were some people that, like, one guy was just walking down the street, and some guys came up to him, mugged him, shot him, and they left him there, and he was in therapy for that. And then I watched the news talking about, uh, like, gang violence, and it's just, it, and it's kind of like this movie, uh, one of the big things is, like, we want urban violence creeping up on like white suburbia and i'm like this is i like i can't like this is real life and that's another thing what i like when films like make like they take real situations and like i can it makes it that much more real and so and uh, so that's like another like the writing is great the story is great another thing about this is jake gyllenhaal i have never been so engrossed in a character next to i mean like anything daniel day lewis does obviously but I, I always compare this role to Heath Ledger's Joker because whenever Heath Ledger was on the screen in, in The Dark Knight, you're like, I want him to be here the whole time. Like, he, that was a complete game changer. And I always felt that way in this film. But what's, what, what's better about this is that Jake Gyllenhaal is the main character and he's on, like, every frame of film. And that's awesome because so you're in for such a ride. And I don't... I thought he was nominated for an Oscar... Apparently not. I think it was just a Golden Globe, and that's a damn shame because this was. I think Jake Gyllenhaal just gets better with age. Like, I mean, he started off with like, I mean, one of my first films that I can th- recall is like um, Donnie Darko, and that's like a hit. Like, that's a pretty mixed film for me. And then there's like films like Jarhead, and and I didn't really like Jarhead, but that's for other reasons. And then there's like Source Code, and. Um, prisoners and and then there's this end of watch and he just is getting better and better so i love jake gyllenhaal in this film absolutely yeah and what you're saying earlier is i love how they talk about real situations that are going on but they're also not preaching to you like they're not trying to teach you a lesson or at least doesn't feel like it um it doesn't feel like there's a moral to the story 
Um, I just like how they're showing it raw, just like how it goes on. Um, and like, like our main character is part of it. So it's not like he's trying to stop what's going on. He's a part of what's going on. Oh, he's, he's, uh, perpetuating it. Like that's his, that's like, that's why I love this character because he, like it's established first that he's like a, he's like a, he's, well, he's a sociopath and he, he's like, I, I described him as a good bullshitter and because he is, he just talks, talks and talks. And, and I was actually thinking like, what is his arc? And his arc is him mastering this like really seedy job as his own. And I love that, that he like, he kind of makes this job, like you kind of root for him in the end, but like what's going on is horrible. Like, like when he goes into the home invasion, like he sees these people, he sees the robbers and he like gets this like really great story and then he edits it and he's like, manipulates the story to get more of it and uh, what i love about him is like especially towards the end is that like when he's watching these like the 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 epic shootout at the end which we'll get to soon enough because that's amazing uh and the the tent everything just builds up great he's like smiling and laughing and i love how gyllenhaal's like portrayal of this character because he he plays him in such a way that like you kind of root for him in a way, and you're just like, I think I'm just, he's so charismatic that I'm just so engrossed in whatever he's doing with the character, and I mean, even, I mean, his transformation, he lost, like, 20 pounds, and then he did Southpaw right after this, so he did, like, kind of a less intense Christian Bale from going from, like, the uh, machinist to um, the Dark Knight, or, like, the Batman trilogy, whereas here, like, he lost a ton of weight, and not so much he was, like, a skeleton, but he lost a fair amount of weight, and then he gained a ton of weight and muscle for Southpaw, but I just think, like, he, this is, I think, a performance of a lifetime, as of now. Right, the thing, the thing that's so great about this character is he is 100% entrepreneur, like, that's all he is, 100%, and, he will literally do anything to advance his entrepreneurial tendencies and his needs. Oh, my chair just broke. Um, <laughs> um, he, but that's what's so great about him. And, you know, he's got this... Di- Dan Gilroy gives him this dialogue where he can literally just crush anyone in the movie with his dialogue. He can get them to do whatever he wants. He can talk his way out of any situation. It's amazing. And... Yeah. Part of that is like at the only time that you ever see him you know be violent towards another person shooting someone is pretty violent but that's kind of like eh. but like is at the very beginning when he <laughs> he like beats the cop down and steals his stuff like that's crazy how the whole entire movie you're expecting him to do something crazy like that like the first 5 minutes of the movie he beats up a cop like that's ridiculous and then the rest of the movie is you're like what's he gonna do next like this the first time i see this character is he just beat the crap out of a cop like what could he possibly do next but he doesn't do anything it's just like it's the subtle feeling of he's really unpredictable throughout the entire thing which makes him scary yeah and like i think what's great about that beginning it's like the director really quickly shows you what type type of character he is. He's like a like um I think he tries what I also love is like he he 
he is a he's a coyote that is pretending to be a mouse. Like he's trying to be like act like like uh, he's really downplaying how dangerous he is. And in the beginning, we were established like okay yeah he's really charismatic he's gonna talk himself out. But once he's cornered and he can't talk himself out, he's going to get violent. And that kind of happens at the end with. Uh, with Rich, his partner, he tries de-escalating the situation as best as he can, and then Rich is, like, he's come to the final point, and he's like, alright, and whereas he doesn't attack Rich, he sends him, he says, alright, the guy is dead, go get the close-up, and he sends Rich to get to his death, uh, and that's essentially the equivalent of attacking him, and so that five minutes in the beginning establishes that he's a quick he's a quick talker he's he's really going to try and de-escalate through his his uh like his slyness and just how quick he can make up something and then he's going to go like he's he's once once he's really finally cornered he's going to attack and another thing i love is that everything like he's so manipulative is that he goes to this the news station because he knows their ratings are low and they're going to pay. And then once he starts getting better and better and he gets better and better stories, at Sweeps Week, he knows he's going to get a story and he can all, he can ask for 50 grand or like 20 grand and they're going to give it to him because he knows, like, okay, like, alright, I can go to someone else because I'm they know me, I'm good, they've seen my work, I will get whatever I want. And I love the, how demanding he is and it's also... Like it's scary because how he manipulates Rich, how he manipulates um, the uh, TV director exec, uh, and I actually didn't get in until this viewing. Like he he pretty much like manipulates her into having like relations with him, and it's like it's never really explicitly said, but through dialogue and how he interacts with her, and I'm like, damn, like that's really like scary, and. And I and I just love how he just climbs that social ladder. In the very end of the movie, like what what you said about him doing anything for this job, the last line of his dialogue is perfect because he says, oh, "Let me see my notes. Uh, I wouldn't ask you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself." And that's the thing. Like he would do absolutely anything. He would move bodies to get the shot. He would go into a home and film uh, corpses before uh, like the cops show up. He would he would manipulate his film to extend the story and make it even more sensationalized and i think that's just like it's such a it's just so like scary but so captivating at the same time and just like the stone cold and just like he's very like i don't know it's it's like he's scary but like i said he's charismatic so you like you like this i don't know i don't even want to say you like this character cuz that's like that would, I feel like that's kind of like speaking to me, like, oh, I like this character, but he's like a horrible human being, but, um, I don't know, I just, this guy is just so, he's an interesting case study, that's like a good way to put it, he's like an interesting, like, experiment to view, he's like a specimen. Right, yeah, he's just so interesting, and I've been thinking about, a lot about this, is like, what makes a character likable, and... I mean, I love his character. Like, I want him to do... Like, I want him to succeed. I want him to get the job he wants. Um, I want him to, like, end up owning the the news station. Like, but he's doing such horrible things. So, you know, it's the same thing as Walt in Breaking Bad. Like, you have to figure out how to get someone to, you know, your audience to like 
a character even if they're doing terrible terrible things and that comes down to you know making them relatable and making them empathetic and sympathetic and I think there's a lot of things that go into it but it's just so interesting how well it was executed in making me like his horrible character <laughs> yeah and that's the thing about like anti-heroes and why I think they're so interesting like Walter White Tony Soprano um Louis Bloom uh uh, it just it's people like that that they're like the they're like the main character, but they're obviously like bad people, but like they're just so likable, and yeah, that's like just he's he does horrible things, but you just you just I don't know I feel like it's like his determination just to do everything, and I just thought man it's just such a shame that he didn't win. Like, I don't even think he won a Golden Globe for this. I thought it was I think he was nominated, but it was like, and I'm trying this came out. And I think this was like a golden like time of like a fourth quarter of films because I think this came out right around Birdman, Whiplash, uh, and like this. Like these were like the heavy hitters. If I believe they came out at the same time, so like that was like a solid month of like or like that like fourth quarter of films that were like wow, and and I guess he was just I guess he was overshadowed by. Uh, or maybe I think this came out a year later, so I think it was the theory of everything, uh, but Birdman around that time. But yeah, so I think he was just overshadowed by all these great films that I I think he deserves more praise for it. But so we we're so we were discussing a uh, Hall and kind of the film, but I want to go like really quickly about the kind of the filmmaking process because I think this movie is very it it does well. It does it does well in a lot of areas. I think like the pacing, it's very quick. Like I noticed yesterday when I was watching this, the story it's doesn't it's not like a, any slow bit. It's just like gets right into it. Like I think he figures out that he wants to be like a nightcrawler within like 15 minutes of the movie. It's like he starts off as like trying to be like oh, I'll I'll be an unpaid uh like volunteer internship at this uh like construction company like nope we're not gonna hire you so he realizes there okay i can't like i can't go into business with anyone else and then he sees a nightcrawler and he's like well i can do this and if what's interesting is that like another thing about the character is like when he drives by he's the only one that stops which is like he's drawn to the violence like just innately he's drawn to it and he's the only one that gets out like and like it's weird like there's two cop cars they're pulling this woman out and like just people are like slowly driving by and then they just take off and he just is the only one that pulls over and like slowly crosses up not trying to help he's just like a passive observer just like what's going on and then and then the um night crawlers come but what i love i love about the story of this it's just everything is just fits and flows like i love like the montages where he's getting better uh and it's also really like messed up of like some of the like things that he's reporting on like the one that i remember like viscerally it's like toddler stabbed and i'm like what the hell and then it's like carjacking man killed um i think and like that whole editing like i said in the beginning like i think and what's also great is the writing is that each story that he covers it just gets ramps up and up and up like, um, so he's, he's getting better, he's getting better doing things, he gets, does the home invasion, like, how can you top that, and he top, and this, and this director tops that <laughs> by having this, by having Jake Gyllenhaal, his character, setting up this elaborate scheme of, like, alright, I'm going to 
get a great story and I'm going to set up my own alibi by calling the cops and then I'm going to film this get in get all these different angles get the sh- get the shooting in the store cuz he his, he's anticipating like all right there's going to be a bloody if it if it bleeds it leads he anticipates there's going to be this violent shooting I'm going to get it on film and then they take off in the cars he's filming it uh everything is just so quick and energetic like the speeding mustang the cars like a cop gets t-boned uh the the this guy this criminal's hitting cops off the road rich is like the audience if it's like holy shit like what's going on like did you see that did you see and he's like stone cold like i'm getting the shot i'm getting the shot and then finally it all cultivates to the car flipping he gets a shot and then he brings it to the media and and it's also great because it's 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 and it's like I don't even think it's in your face because I think it's real. Is that they played up this home invasion as a oh like urban crime is coming in and, and they just swept out like a family with like a with a child, and now it's like oh it was actually a drug robbery. Like we actually have the story and the TV execs nope we're gonna play it that this is still urban like urban crime and like justice is served and like but this is the story like nope this is the story this is what people want to see and i think that's like so messed up but it's so real because i think that that's a i think media sensationalizing is such a an, a prominent issue like with with like uh like school shootings well i shouldn't even say school shootings just like shootings in general like the mass shootings that it always seems like the like the reason like I've done, I've done a good, a fair amount of research into psyches of these individuals that perform these acts, and they do it. Like the one of the big reasons for like Columbine or like the Aurora shooting, or just and like shootings in general, was that we they want this infamy. They want to be. They want to go down in history books as someone that did such an like an atrocious thing. Like their names will forever be etched, and I think that this film really goes into like, yep here's the problem but our like the especially american culture is so engrossed in media sensational it's just in sensationalizing in general i mean you can just look at the current election that's all sensationalized like that's just our culture it's just playing up events more than either underplaying or overplaying and just kind of omitting certain facts and i think that's what this film like this is why one of this, this film is like should go into a canon of like great films Absolutely, yeah. And going back to the writing aspect of it, if you read, you know, if you go on Google and type in like screenplay, Nightcrawler screenplay PDF, like, and you read the script, it's so beautiful. It's like, it's as if Dan Gilroy wrote it in such a way that he would be the only one that would be able to direct it. And it's just so beautiful how he wrote it. And I encourage anyone who reads scripts to, to go check that out. But um, that's one of that. I think that is top three best screenplays that I've ever read. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at his um his IMDb page. So I just want to see what like he wrote, what he's writing. He's uh I'm seeing now. He's I mean he wrote Nightcrawler. He wrote The Born Legacy. Uh, the other stuff I've never heard of. Uh, he's writing, I guess, I guess they're making, like, a sequel to King Kong, and he's writing the screenplay, and, but I'm, I'm more interested in his, like, directing, um, like, see what he can do. Nightcrawler was obviously his debut. His next announced film is Inner City, and there's nothing on it yet, but, um, yeah, so I'm interested to see more from this guy, uh, because, 
he, he seems like a very talented writer, but also like he he is a strong visionary like uh direction. So I can't wait to see what this inner city uh business is. I, it just says it's announced, and there's nothing. There's not even like a year after it. So right. his new project is inner <laughs> is inner city, but um. So yeah, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to like really discuss about the the film? Uh, anything along the lines of? I mean, we we really went in depth with Jake Gyllenhaal, like his acting, the character of Lewis Bloom, um, the filmmaking. I just think like the, I don't know. I just think the screen, like everything works. I think that the relationship with with Lewis Bloom and and Rich are just like really naturalistic and great. Um, it's interesting how he like manipulate like I just love the fact that he is so cunning and manipulating every aspect like even with Rich like he picks a guy that is so like he's he's just a lo- like he's not I don't want to say low life but he's just like such he's so off the grid like he's homeless he he doesn't really have a stable job like he's so desperate he's like okay I can manipulate this guy for as long as possible until he has his he like I'll have a, I'll pretty much have labor and right. I don't have to do it alone so I don't know I just think everything is just really well executed in almost every aspect of the film yeah I mean I, the whole, all the way around I think that this is a great movie and people should watch it it's on Netflix so no excuses yeah, not to watch yeah. it <laughs> yeah definitely so it seems like we've come to the part where we uh, part of the show where we give recommendations and I know Chris you've uh, you've Listen to some some of our uh, shows. So just a refresher for the audience: uh, the reviews are out of five stars. I just think it's a little bit more concise. So uh, since you recommended Chris, I'll, I'll go first and I'll give my closing thoughts and recommendations. So I'm going to give Nightcrawler a four out of five stars. I think this is an excellent film. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is just so he's just great to watch. This is definitely one of his career best moments and he's has a a career of excellent films so to say that this is one of his best is really saying something i think that the writing the direction the music um just the pacing of the editing like everything really flows together and it's it's definitely something that i think like like young filmmakers, movie lovers. If you want something new, it's definitely like a dark and gritty tale, and something that is real. That, like I mentioned in the beginning, Chris mentioned, like it's de- this is definitely a real issue that is, I would say, plaguing like our culture. But it's something that is very. It's a worthwhile watch. I can't recommend it anymore. It's I, I just would I have nothing but pra- high praises for this film, and I can't wait to see what's to come from this director. Absolutely. I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. Um, I mean, I it's just... When you watch a movie that's two hours long and, you know, you, they made it for under 10 million bucks, like, that's not easy. And it's, and it's a directorial debut and it's a writer-director. It's just when you stack so many odds against yourself and you come out with, with such a great directorial debut... Um, I think you you deserve way more praise than what Dan Gilroy and Jake Gyllenhaal got. Um, I think that this is Gyllenhaal's top five roles, um, maybe under Prisoners, but 
I think it's it's a must see from definitely any young filmmakers, but any just any cinephiles need to need to see this movie. It's just it's such a fun ride. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that um that concludes this episode of Amateur Tours with Chris Foster. Man, I'm I'm so glad that we were able to work with uh like collaborate on this and hopefully there's more to come. Um I thought that this the previous discussion and this discussion were great. Um I I am hopefully hopefully I can get to your your film uh in the near future because I think it's definitely something that uh I th- I definitely think people like without like really jumping too far ahead but i do think that people should definitely see the film it's definitely worth it it's one of those it's definitely one of those films uh like those amateur films those debut films that people like i i felt like i learned from it so and it was great talking with you uh i i appreciate you give it uh just coming on the show and being as flexible as possible i mean recorded episodes back to back so and it's it's been it's been a pleasure having you chris thank you so much for having me on man like this is super fun thanks for watching my movie like that's insane that someone would watch something that i made um so thank you so much for everything oh yeah no anytime and uh yeah so uh yeah hopefully we can definitely get more um like collabs going on and yeah just uh, stay in touch in the near future and i'll I'll definitely let you know when things come out, and I'll definitely be checking out things that you that you uh, produce. So, yeah, no, it was a pleasure having you. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. Oh, yeah, anytime. So, once again, that is this is the end of uh, this week's episode of Amateur All Toys, uh, or All Tours, and uh, tune in next episode where Brian and I are back to our regular show. All right, thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. If you like what you've heard, want to leave a review, or even make a possible suggestion for Brian and I to discuss, you can follow us on Instagram at the Amateur All Tours, on Facebook at Amateur All Tours Podcast, or even send us an email at the Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, the Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. That is one word. Cover design was composed by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at our own website, Digital Adventures. Opening and closing theme was performed by the CCH Jazz Ensemble, which was found using a Creative Commons search. Once again, we would like to personally thank you for supporting the show. Stay tuned for future episodes, be sure to let us know what you think, and thank you once again. <laughs>